It's the success line. This is the place where achievers come to get advice on how to solve business problems and unlock their true potential. Every week, a new listener of the show sits down with success coaching director Ben Fairfield to talk through a roadblock and learn a lesson. Now here he is, Ben Fairfield. Hey everyone, welcome to the success line. Your host, Ben Fairfield. This week, we have the one and only Mr. Ben Volk joining us. Ben, how the heck are you? I'm doing awesome, man. You have a wonderful name. Um, <laughs> I, hope, I hope people tell you that on a daily basis. But yeah, our, uh, our parents had good taste, for sure. Yes, for sure. they did. Um, <laughs> it's a pleasure, so, pleasure to be talking to you. Well, thanks for being here, man. So tell, tell everyone listening, uh, who is Ben, where is Ben, and what does Ben do? So Ben is a uh, very successful insurance agent. Um, you know, I used to, I used to, my catchphrase used to be, I'm the most inter- entertaining insurance agent on the planet. Um, I'm trying to back away from that because I'm starting to realize that people don't really value, uh, you know, uh, an insurance agent's ability to entertain. Um, you know, it's more about cre- creating relationships and, and writing good quality insurance. So, um, yeah, I'm an independent insurance agent in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I, I love it out here. I've been doing insurance for almost uh, 10 years. And uh, eight of those were with a uh, captive carrier, and then and the last the last year has been uh, as an independent agent. So I really enjoy what I do. I got a, a wonderful daughter, an amazing wife, um, you know, and uh, I, I really enjoy my work. I obsess over it. It's you know, it's like the most important thing, but it also is the biggest source of pain because I'm so emotionally attached to it as well. <laughs> um, but, I get uh, it. But yeah, that's that's kind of a, a short little rundown about me. Okay, cool. So, so you've been in it about ten years in insurance. Yep. Um, you went from working with a, a big group, like a, a, a you got a big name brand group, and then you went out on your own. And so, you yep. have an entrepreneurial spirit. You you got that entrepreneurial bug. It sounds like, and you went out and you launched your own. How long ago was that? Uh, about about a year. I mean, okay, you know, on the on the on the better half of a of a year. So, yep. Awesome. And how how has that year been? How's that launch been? Um, it's been, um, it's been less stress, um, from my previous, um, from my previous position at a captive carrier, um, just because just immediately the relief of, uh, not having to deal with some of the stuff I, I dealt with there. Um, and, and it's been really good. Like, and I've, I've gotten a lot of really productive activity, but there's been no clear direction or plan as to what I'm doing because I'm all by myself. So now my, you know, I don't really, you know, have somebody pointing me in the right direction. And, and I have mentors that are also independent agents, but, you know, independent agents kind of have all their own trajectory as far as what they're really trying to accomplish. And I'm still trying to figure out mine as well. But insurance is just such a broad and vast kind of term. And the, the trick is, is not to make it, you, you don't want to be a commodity. So you don't want to be lumped in with everybody else. Um, so really what I'm trying to do and kind of where the, the different stress kind of comes from is right now I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's, a, what's something I can specialize, set myself apart from the pack and, um, you know, really, you know, do, do better prospecting, um, and not be pigeonholed into just writing home and auto insurance like I have been doing for the you know the majority of my career leading up to this point. So um, and that's just 
You know, that's tricky, you know, because there's so many different things you can do. I mean, you can do disability insurance, you can do life insurance, property and casualty, you can do commercial insurance, different sectors of commercial insurance, um, you know, general liability, bonds. You can go, you can go so many different directions. They all have, you know, their own kind of creative angle and their own um, marketing kind of flavor. Um, so, but you can't spend a bunch of time on a bunch of different products because then you waste a year trying to figure out what you even wanted to do, you know, and that's sure. And that's something, and that's a whole new type of stress. Like it's, you know, welcome because I have, now I have the freedom to really sell everything under the sun. Um, and so I'm just trying to figure out, you know, where my time is best spent and really just what's a good repeatable system to reward me properly for my time. Because that was the big thing at my last carrier. I got so bogged down with service work. Um, I basically just became, you know, this little computer person that I, and I was just trapped in my desk all day long, trying to clean up, you know, different issues that I was having, not necessarily a direct result from the carrier, but I think a combination of the carrier, the carrier's rules, um, you know, different limitations I had where, you know, when you're captive, you, you have to write a lot of products you probably shouldn't be writing. You know, there's a lot of things, especially within like commercial insurance that should definitely be, it's better to put those with a specialized agent, like, like horse, horse boarding facilities, right? So you have every ability to write those as a captive agent, but you're very limited on the type of service you can offer and the type of plan changes you can do. And also kind of the the velocity of it. Like when you have to make a plan change, you got to communicate to the middle of the country, you know, via fax, right? Then you got to wait. <laughs> What's a then you fax? Gotta, right. Then you got to wait for, you know, them to read it, email you back a quote. If anything right. needs to be changed on the quote, you got to fax it back to them. So there's just like, that would be way, you'd be way better with a, with sure. a specialized agent that can, you know, do those quick changes, but sure. Little, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And, uh, you know, um, so yeah, I forgot where I was going with that, but I was, I created a lot of service work because the model was just so bad. Um, sure. and so well, now I've you, got, you'll want to, hold on really quick. I want to point out yeah. something here. Cause you said something I think is important just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Sure. Yeah. And yep. and that's true in my back. I'm a real estate broker as well. And the same thing, I think of residential versus commercial. You you technically legally with your license can write commercial real estate deals. It doesn't mean that you should because they're completely yeah. different animals. So, so I like that you said that. I think it's relevant to where we're going in this conversation. I just wanted to point that out that just because you can doesn't mean that you should. And so it, it keeps coming back to this having a clarity of what uh, what it is you want to do. So I, I want to ask you really quick, just for context for me and for everyone listening, why the heck did you get into insurance in the first place? Like, did your guidance <laughs> counselor tell you like, hey, you would make a great insurance salesman? Like, what led uh, to you yeah. getting into this? Because obviously there's a story there. Yeah, I, I really wish I knew, you know, why why I was chosen to, to <laughs> carry this burden my whole life. But uh, no, um, no, you know, I, I went to school, um, got an advertising degree, um, and the, the job that I did during to get through school was selling cell phones. And that's just what I did for, you know, since I was like 20 all the way till I graduated from college. And, uh, I got my advertising degree. I got an advertising job. I hated it. I just wasn't, I don't think I was mature enough to do 
outside sales because it was selling radio advertising. And, you know, there's a bunch of other excuses I can come up with as to why that didn't work out. But it, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it didn't work out. So, yeah. so then I went back to selling cell phones. Um, and then, you know, I did that for about, oh, like a year and a half. Um, I got recruited by the, uh, uh, I got recruited by Samsung actually to run one of their Best Buy kiosks inside of Best Buy. And I did that for about six months and, um, it was just totally wrong for me. And I just kind of had a, you know, they call it a quarter life crisis, uh, quit my job, no plan B. And, um, you know, I was down to my last last dollars in the bank account. And, uh, you know, I went to a career fair, saw the company there that I, that I started with. And, uh, you know, they, I asked them, Hey, how fast could I get a paycheck if this actually worked? And I knew I wanted to do sales. Like I didn't know that. Um, you know, and I want, I knew I wanted to do it at a very high level. And, and, you know, when you, when you think about selling at a high level, um, and think about selling money, that's usually, you know, the, the high level of sales is, is, you know, helping people with their insurance needs, their personal finances, uh, investments, that, that type of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I set up, I set up the interview, put in the app and, uh, the rest is history and, and that's how it happened. And, and I haven't, I just haven't looked back. I really, I made a, a determined decision. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get really good at this. I don't care what it takes. I had to pass the series six and the 63 with no, background knowledge of any type of financial anything and those aren't easy Uh, tests no they're not um but you know i i didn't care you know i would never i would never let a test hold me back from from what i wanted to do and 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 that was the decision i made and i and i to this day i've literally not thought about starting up anything else you know there's i pivoted so i sure went from being captive to independent but um but you're in the same lane yeah i really like it you know um you know, I like, I like getting in the weeds with, with policies and I like, you know, delivering on, on, uh, different, different needs that, that, uh, policy holders and clients have, and then keeping it within their budget, you know, and then being really happy with actually what it costs. So, sure. um, you know, that's, and, and, and all the rapport that you build from point A to point B doing that, um, you know, getting them excited about you, getting them to refer their friends. Um, I, I really like it. And the, the, you know, the time flexibility is really good. Um, you know, I was captive, but you did kind of make your own schedule because it wasn't, you know, it was really heavily commission based. Sure. Um, so you earned what you, you paid you on know. performance. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's how I got into it. Okay. So I'm not going anywhere, but what do you love about it? What do you love about the, the role that you're in? Um, I love how, you know, I really just love how, uh, old it is, um, because it's really easy to be unique and different. Um, and I, so I love, I love that insurance is more of like a, a framework versus like a specialized product. And I also love how, um, you can't see insurance. So it's not a it's not really a tangible thing other than the actual policy itself. Um, so I, I like that because, um, that really, that helps me utilize, I feel like my best strength. And as far as like my personality, you know, people are not buying the policy, they're buying me and the advice that I give. Um, so, you know, that's, that, that's, you know, not to say it's, it strokes the ego, but you know, I, uh, I, I definitely like that aspect of it. When people trust what I say, they take advantage of kind of what I'm, I'm telling them to do. Um, and at the end of the day too, it ends up helping them out. Like I, uh, 
just yesterday, I had a client who I had to beg and plead in his house for get to get for him to purchase sewer water and backup coverage. Um, and his wife didn't want to do it. And it was like an extra 40, it was like an extra 40 bucks a year. Like it was nothing, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm telling you guys, like you need to get this, this, I see this catch people all the time that don't have it. And, um, he didn't even have it on his previous policy. And that's part of the reason why his wife didn't want to get it and why he was kind of hesitant to get it. He's like, I didn't, I haven't had it yet. Like, why would I need it now? Um, and anyway, we added the coverage to the policy. And I think I wrote his insurance like three or four months ago. But sure enough, yesterday he called me up. Hey, man, uh, my my pipe blew up behind my wall. Um, I've got a contractor coming right up, you know, out. It's going to it's gonna cost, you know, 10 grand or whatever. And, and you know, what should I claim it? Claim it. That's, that's exactly what we did that for. And uh, it was perfect, you know, because it comes full circle. And now he's, sure. gonna, he's, he's a client for life because yep. that, you know, that one little pushback I did and, and, uh, you know, not disagreeing with him, but just, you know, saying, slow down a second, like, just hear me out on this. Have you considered? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, so and it, what I'm hearing you say is this, you like the relational side of it. It's a relationship yeah. business for you. Yeah. I like the relationship. And I also really like the, uh, I like the, well, I just like the business model in, in whole. Like I like, I like the idea of working today for a check that you'll see in a year. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of what I think about, um, every day, like, and I'll write a policy and just in the back of my mind, I'm no, you know, I know, Hey, today, this isn't really going to do much for me, but next year today is already, this is going to, you know, right. this is going to make me income this year, the year after that, it's going to make me income after that, after that. And it's just a, I really love that model and like, uh, just the passive income model. And it's, it's tricky. I've kind of looked at different business models that you could, you know, somewhat mimic that. And really it's insurance is the only product that really does that in that way to where it's, it's really stable. Um, you know, people aren't just going to go cancel their insurance for no reason, like a, like a software sure, or sure. You know, something like that. So, um, yeah. And so and, it checks know, a lot of the boxes like, yeah, of what to, you were looking for. Yeah. And to me, it's, I really like it too, because the best clients, um, hardly take up any of your time because they just don't have a lot of issues. They respect your time, um, as a professional. So it's, you know, maybe a, a cell phone call every three months, six months, whatever, update it, you know, Hey, we're doing good. You're great. Okay, cool. Still this off. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Good talking to you. And it's, and then that's that, you know? Um, and that's, and that's okay because, you know, we're not in the, we are in the relationship business, but I don't want to be your, um, professional friend, you know, I'm a a friendly professional and there's a huge difference, you know, I, I, I'm in downtown Coeur d'Alene, one of the most beautiful spots in the world. Um, and you know, I tell everybody, Hey, if you're downtown, you know, hit me up and we'll grab a bite to eat or, or whatever. And guess how many times someone has called <laughs> me up when they're downtown wanting to hang out. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you know, and that's okay. Um, yeah. and, and at the beginning of my career, I really like, I had it totally wrong and I didn't even realize that I had it wrong. And this even goes back to the cell phone thing, because I, I used to think like, all I have to do is become your friend. Like I just mm. have to be as friendly as I can. We find as much common ground as we can. Um, and if I become your friend, you will trust me. And yes, that is true in a sense, but people vote with their wallets, you know? Um, right. So you can be, you can, you can, you know, we both are into bass fishing. Like, you know, we can talk about Alaska all day long, like, you know, and, and hit all these, 
common points. But if you're not if you're if you're not in a buying space and you're and you're not looking at me as a true insurance professional and we're wasting time building a ton of rapport on things that don't matter, um, that was the wrong. That's you're seeing me in the wrong light, and I can't. And that's kind of a hard one to get back from, too. Sure. Um, you know, and I, I mean, it just when I started selling insurance, I didn't, I could not convince one of my friends to buy from me. You know, <laughs> like. Um, it took, it took like two and a half years before they all started, you know, trusting me. Okay. Ben's actually in this like, sure. Cool. We trust him now, you know, now it's, now it's okay. But, um, but yeah, you really like, um, I, I love the relationship part of it and I love the, uh, the business model that it has, um, as far as being able to make money on one thing as many times, um, in perpetuity, you know, sure. That word the other day. Okay. I love it. So, so what, uh, so we know why you got into it. We know we, we've uncovered a little bit of why you like it, what parts of it that you really, uh, find rewarding. So what, uh, what brings you here today? What are we going to tackle today with, with that context now? So, uh, the thing that I struggle with, with insurance and I always have, and there have been times that it's been, you know, better than others. Um, but I am terrible with my time and creating systems that are repeatable and being structured. Like next week, um, I have a total of two appointments in my calendar. Now, I know for a fact that I will be probably running 10 to 15 appointments next week, but they just they don't make it to my calendar. And I don't schedule anything else in my calendar because I don't want it to be in the way of those 10 to 15 appointments that are going to happen somewhere next week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and my, the system that I have, as far as my process goes now, I just, I monitor my inbox and I turn my emails basically into appointments. So if someone needs a policy change or if someone needs a quote, or if a bank needs a binder that will almost always come into my email. And then from there I turn it into an appointment and that, but there's no real rhyme or reason as to like why I got that email, how it sure. showed up in the first place. Um, and, and yeah, so that's, and that's difficult, especially when it's, you know, let's say like I'm trying to get really good at um, prospecting for life insurance clients, like potential clients that need life insurance. Okay. Well, um, you know, in order to do that, I have to set some time aside to create relationships with people that are kind of in that arena, maybe like a wedding planner or like, um, you know, a, someone at a funeral home, even, you know, mm-hmm. um, just kind of these different ecosystems where the life insurance purchase happens. Now I get that I have to do that, but the issue I'm having is where is the time to be able to do that, that I'm going to, you know, that it is actually going to be worth the time spent. And I'm not going to get pulled off of all the the home and auto leads that are coming through to my email because it's, sure. it, and, and, and I've just been doing this for a long time, you know, and, uh, and, and all the, the original prospecting methods, how I got most of my home and auto leads, um, is talking to mortgage lenders in town and that, you know, has served me very well. And I've built a lot of really rock solid relationships to where they will, you know, they won't stop sending me those until I, you know, I would have to tell them to stop. Um, and you know, you do get some good life insurance prospects through those leads, but, um, you know, there's just no real rhyme or reason to it. You know, you, you get some good prospects, but you also don't get very good prospects through that too, you know? Um, and there's, there's varying reasons on, on why that is, but, 
Um, but the but the real reason why that is is because that system that I set up to do that is not a life insurance lead delivering system. That system sure. is for property and casualty, and it sure. works and it served me well. But it's just not. It's it's at this point, it's not the time that I'm spending on those types of products is not rewarding me back enough to be able to grow and scale effectively and, and make you know more money and 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 really change my life. You know. Got it. So, so yeah. it really comes down to um, use of time uh, and systems being the bigger driver. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so from the the lead standpoint, it's a couple of clarifying questions that I have. I wrote, I've been taking notes here. So, on the lead standpoint, you said that they come from mortgage lenders. How how often is, is it frequent or infrequent or kind of so so that you get leads direct from client, like where a client wants to set up an appointment with you directly or a prospective client? Um, I would say that so that best match is probably the people that I get from Google. Like when I get people googling and, and somehow sure. they come from Google, those are usually ready to go. Um, you know, and it doesn't always have to do with the home purchase at that point. Um, and so I wouldn't use the word frequently, but I would say that that probably happens like twice a week. Okay. Um, and that, you know, I'm still growing out my, my Google business listing. That is a really, that's, that is something I did put a lot of time and effort into, um, as far as optimizing that business listing, making sure I'm getting reviews. Sure. Um, and it's then, important. you know, and I'm working on the webpage. The webpage is kind of tricky because I'm, I'm very, so I'm an artist at heart. You know, sure. I'm very emotionally attached to the website because it is me <laughs> on the internet, everything sure. about it. Um, and I'm not like, it'd be too cumbersome to try to wait until it was totally finished to actually publish right. it. Right. So if anybody goes to benvolkinsurance.com, they're going to find that sometimes it's like, you know, dead. Sometimes there's stuff there. <laughs> sometimes there's random pictures that show. And that's just because I'm constantly kind of just tweaking it. Sure. Um, but it's not a finished product and it will done, be someday. Done is better than perfect. Yeah. Oh, it's not even done. But <laughs> <laughs> in progress is better than non-existent. So there that, you, you go. Know, that's, that's kind of how I look at it. Okay. Um, so, so where so would yeah. you say what, what task or activity takes the most of your time uh, in a given week right now? Um, probably, Oh, that's a good question. Prospecting, you know, um, looking up, you know, finding online, you know, not necessarily people, but businesses, um, other kind of professionals in the industry and building rapport with them, you know, because those people are not ready to purchase, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's the other, that's the other, you know, difficult part on, you know, when I'm, when you're doing that, when you're doing, when you don't have a big full pipeline that are ready to go, your time has to go to building, you know, the right kind of rapport with people. And sure. it has to be with enough people too. And the difficult part about that is I feel like I only have the mental stamina to really like have five or six of those conversations every day. Sure. You know, after that, I'm kind of like, okay, I've done enough, you know, um, so and it's I, having I, enough of the right people. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tricky because I don't want to come off as someone that's just <clears throat> trying to be friends with you just to sell you something, you know, right. and that's like the, that's the line that I've always like 
found trouble being on the right side of, you know, because everybody always, you know, well, not everybody always, that's a stupid generalization, but um, a lot of people feel like, oh, Ben's not really, and he doesn't really care about how I'm doing. He just wants to sell me insurance, Mm. you know? Um, Sure. And so it's trying not to fall into that box, you know, um, because people will think that, but they won't tell you that. And then you'll, you'll spend a lot of time because you think that it's going somewhere, but you know, then it'll, at the very end, they'll be like, Oh my, hate to say this, man, but my wife actually was shopping online for insurance and she got a better rate for us, you know? And then it's, and then everything's done and you just spent, you know, hours, um, you know, building rapport, trying to, you know, walk them in the right direction, trying to help them mainly. Um, and then it just gets taken away from you just like that. And, sure. uh, and I think a lot of people a listening can relate to that. I think uh, every entrepreneur has for sure, <laughs> has absolutely for sure had that experience. So um, so what I'm hearing, and, and just give me a yay or nay if you think I'm, I'm on the right track, what I'm hearing is really it comes down to figuring out um, the best way to leverage the time you have and allocate it appropriately into the right things um, so that there's not a a lack of clarity or there's not any ambiguity as far as what you should be doing versus what you could be doing. Is that fair? Sure. Yeah. And and in a perfect world, I have a, a pipeline that is full and all my time is just spent selling insurance you know, and then, you know, I have someone to do the the service of it, but really, I mean, the way that I write insurance now, there's not a whole lot of service work that goes into it. Cause it, usually the, the plans that I set up, not a lot of changes have to be made. Um, you know, and, and it just, it, if you are independent, you can offer carriers that don't create the service work other carriers do Sure, because, you know, the quality of the carrier does differ in the industry. And there are some, that are more servicey. There are some that have billing account maintenance sure. updates so that, you know, people have to rekey in their routing and account number so their account doesn't get turned off. There are some that have annual fees that show up that need to get paid or else it will cancel their insurance. And if the people aren't monitoring that closely, that falls back on the agent to mm. make sure that they, their insurance stays enforced. And that's, and that's the service work. Yeah. And it's time okay. consuming, you know, okay. it really is like, um, yeah. So, and, and I feel like I'm, I, I feel like I'm better. I'm definitely better at that part than when I, than when I first started. But um, as far as the prospecting method and the systems now it's, it feels like, okay, after I get all my service work done for the day or for the week, whatever, then I can start selling insurance, you know? Sure. Um, but until that stuff's done, then it's just, Got you know, you, you don't know what's going on because there's, there's no rhyme or reason to your time because that stuff's going to take priority. If I have someone that, you know, is unhappy with the claim, like I can't really put a sales appointment in front of that. Like if they're upset and especially if it's like a, you know, a good, like a a select, you know, client that I've had for a long time. So yeah, it's just, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to anything. It's just, okay. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to share some thoughts with you because this, I've got a lot going through my head right now. Cause this is, okay. I, again, regardless of the listeners, what they do for a living, what widget they sell, what business they own, or, you know, whatever their, the hat they wear is, it's really, it's the same challenge everyone has. It just takes different shapes and forms, but essentially what, what I would challenge you to, to reframe your thought process around 
um, this whole servicing versus prospecting, like it's kind of the two buckets that I see or that I'm hearing, um, that it's not it's not an or proposition daily, it's an and. and meaning that, that it's not just one or the other. Like I can't do this because I have to do this, that we have to figure out a way, or I would suggest you have to figure out a way to get your daily schedule set up to where you have time carved out for both. It has to be a both proposition. Now, some days, of course, you're, you're going to have less servicing work than others. I don't even know the insurance business, but I know from a maintenance standpoint, some days you're going to have less of that. Some days you'll have more of that. Some uh, days but, you have none. Some days you have none and you expect it. And then you come in and just kind of wait around. And then now exactly. you just waited for an hour and you could have made sales. Like exactly you were expecting right. service work to come through. Like, so yeah. So, um, so what do you use to manage your, your calendar right now? Um, a sundial and some ancient, <laughs> no, uh, a d- sundial. <laughs> I, it's, um, I do, uh, you know, I do use Google calendar and I love Google calendar, especially for sending people meeting invites. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found that's, that's the most effective way to set appointments is putting it into a Gmail calendar and getting yep. their email and having them accept that appointment. Because then, then the Gmail calendar turns into like your mini assistant that confirms the appointment a couple of days in advance and right, right before it and, and that stuff. So that's what I use to manage my time too. You know, okay. I figure that that would be easier than trying to have my own personal calendar and then the Gmail calendar and have, you know, overlap or maybe like something is only in my personal calendar doesn't make it right. the Gmail calendar. I'm on right. the Gmail calendar. I miss what's over here. I miss what's over there. So um, that's what I really... That's what I use is, is Google Calendar. Okay. So a couple things I would suggest. First off, based on what you're saying, most entrepreneurs and salespeople miss this at first. I sure did when I first got started. That in your business, the servicing and the prospecting, those are appointments you need to have on your calendar with yourself. Like th- those, are, those are sacred times that should show up on your calendar every single day. Now, to your point, you show up one day and you don't have any servicing work. Cool. You move that servicing work. You do prospecting in that work because you've got bonus time. But, but you, it should, in best practice, in theory, your, your calendar should have dedicated time, the same time every day for both activities, servicing and prospecting. So that you know that each day you're moving the ball forward in each of those respective games. Like they have, one has to happen right? Because if we don't service it, then we're going to have bad reviews and we'll have a harder time prospecting. Yet we also need to always be prospecting to grow our base, to grow the business, right? So that's where a lot of entrepreneurs, I think, make a a big mistake is they treat it as an or thing. Like today or this week, I'm going to do this or that. No, like today you're doing both. Yet the way that we make ourselves super efficient in that is that we have to block out time on our calendars for both. And that's an appointment we set with ourselves that unless somebody's bleeding and dying, we don't change. Well, you, if you had an appointment with me at your office, unless somebody's bleeding or dying, I don't think you would change that or some other client, right? That's, a, that's an appointment that you respect their time. The challenge is entrepreneurs fall into this, this trap of, well, the, the, the things I have on my calendar for me, well, those aren't as important. I need to hop over here. I need to go over here. I need to, I need to do this. Oh, look at shiny object over here. Oh, look at I can do a website over no. That time is an appointment with you. And that time as an appointment with you is one of the biggest levers that's going to move your business in the direction you want it to go. So why do we as entrepreneurs treat our own appointments any differently than we do other people's? So that's the first thing I would say. Now, 
a couple of hacks that have transformed my business. Now, I'm going to say this. This company I'm about to tell you about is not connected with our show. They're not a sponsor. We don't get anything for this. I'm not connected with them or affiliated anyway, but I do use their product, uh, and it's called Calendly. And Calendly is an incredible and effective tool for when you have the consumers wanting to get on your calendar, you remove yourself as the middleman or middlewoman or middle person, right? Like you're not in that way anymore. And to your point, not only does it schedule it, they pick the time that works best for them. So clients love it, but it also reminds them ahead of time. You preset all the details and the correspondence that's sent once they book the appointment and you can tell Calendly. So I'm getting, I don't care when you do this on your calendar, but let's pretend after this call, you go through and what you what we call time block. You we block out chunks every day for these, these different activities, these two buckets. You can tell Calendly prospecting appointments, client appointments can only happen in these timeframes each day. So now when the consumer or the prospective client comes onto your Calendly, they want to book an appointment with you. Perfect. They look at your calendar. The only options they see are within the time frame window that you are ahead of time saying, this is when I'm taking these types of appointments. And it sounds constrictive and it sounds uh, like a lot of people push back because they feel like it's putting them in a box. Yet it's not until we get this discipline with our time that we actually sense how much freedom it really gives us because otherwise it's haphazard. We're just jumping from one. I don't, I'm sure this doesn't resonate with you, but this was me uh, jumping from one thing to the next, not knowing what the heck I'm doing, getting to the end of the day going, where the heck did that day go? Like, I know I was busy, but I couldn't quite tell you everything that I got done or I couldn't tell you the top three things I did that moved the needle the most. It's not until we get this specific with our allocation of time that we really gain the leverage and the freedom that we're looking for. Does that make sense? Yeah, this, the, the, the schedule is what creates the leverage. 100%. And this is, what, this is what I was taught a long time ago by a very wealthy man who was a mentor for a number of years. He said, success is incredibly boring because it's simply the repetition of the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. You look at anybody that's had success at a high level outside of those who won the lottery or just founded a product and accidentally fell into success. I'm talking the people that that through grit and grind and blood, sweat, and tears got to a a big successful level in whatever their respective thing is, what you'll find is it's incredibly boring. Their world is incredibly boring from a work standpoint because they do a few things consistently every day. And as entrepreneurs, we fall into a trap very easily of wanting to always find the next brightest thing or the next shiniest object because we're bored in the repetition of the fundamentals that we're doing. Yet it's the repetition of those fundamentals that get us exactly where we want to go when we do them consistently enough over time. So we have to set up this game in order that we can win it, right? We have to set ourselves up for success. And the best way I know how to do that, the way I was taught and the way I still do, uh, is to absolutely carve out the time and then force everything else to fall in around my core buckets. So and you're, and again, maybe there's more. But if in the, our discussion here, prospecting and servicing, those are two core buckets we're talking about. Now, you know better than anyone. I don't know if it's an hour or two hours or four hours. I don't know what the length of time is. You can figure that out. But, but how much time is prudent that we allocate each day for those two major activities? And then everything else is forced to go in and around that. So the creative work and the artistic work, it's not nothing wrong with that. Yet it has to fall in around those two buckets that are blocked on the calendar that get done every single day without question. Something personal comes up or you want to go shake hands and kiss babies and do that kind of product. That's great. Nothing wrong with that. And it has to fall in around those two areas. And what you'll find is 
all of a sudden this freedom feeling shows up oftentimes for people that I've coached in the past because now there's no more question of what do I do today or what should I be doing? There's no question because I know every single day when I go home, I got the most important stuff done and everything else that I did fit in around it. I can leave feeling really good knowing that I did the most important things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and then, but there is some play. So like, let's say like I, you know, let's say that I, I, from here moving forward at 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., I ha- I do service work on, let's say, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yep. And then, but a networking event that I hear about is happening next Thursday at 9 a.m. Sure. I just, I can still move the, okay. If you erase, you must replace is the favorite there saying there. Okay. So it doesn't mean that it can't move, but you're making a commitment to yourself that I'm not going to completely erase or eliminate this time. If I need to move it in a certain day, because life happens, if I need to move it in a certain day, then I'm committed to myself that it will find a different block on the same day in my calendar and it will be completed. I'm just going to give myself the grace to move it. But if I replace it, I have to replace If I erase it, rather, I have to replace it. It doesn't just get to go away. Because that becomes really, I mean, think about how you're, you're reading Atomic Habits right now. We were talking before we started recording. It's a great book. Yeah. And, and what, they, what they saw in that research and, and multiple other books on, and research studies on habits is that the further out you go from staying consistent in a habit, the easier it is for it never to come back. Right. right. And so it gets really easy for us. Oh, it's just today I'm, I'm getting rid of this one. Oh, there was just a special circumstance today, so I can't do that time block today. And then all of a sudden we're two months from now and you're like, well, I haven't done that in two months. Like it's a slippery slope. And so if you erase, you must replace. So it's okay to move it. It's not okay to delete it. It has to happen still. If, if those are truly the most important activities or buckets that we're putting on that calendar. And what's interesting, I can tell me this, Ben, I, I think you've experienced this. So what happens to you personally and your own personal productivity at work the week before you're getting ready to go on a vacation? I haven't taken a vacation in so long. I don't even remember what that feels like. <laughs> so that might be part um, of the prescription. Yeah. Uh, but um, what, what generally happens when somebody has this carrot hanging out there and they know they get to go do something fun or go on a trip, what happens that week before their productivity? Does it go up or go down? I feel like, it, I feel like for me it goes up. 100%. Um, we call yeah. it productivity ninja. Like this yeah, is yeah. like we, the week before a vacation that we call it the vacation miracle too. The week before a vacation, yeah. we're like productivity ninjas. We're getting so much done. We're so efficient. We're jacked. We're pumped. What, what would happen in your business and your life if you could set yourself up to have just even a percentage of that every single day? And that's the, that's the secret of this, what we're talking about. When, when you're setting yourself up like this and you're blocking out the most important time, it compresses that time and it forces everything else around those two. You will, you'll find you'll get more done because you're being more purposeful, right? So that my, one of my favorite things I do when I'm speaking is I'll have people literally draw a donut, one outside circle and a smaller one inside. And in the outside circle, I have them write a P. Or excuse me, in the outside circle, I write a B. In the inside circle, I write a P. And the outside circle, the bigger circle that has a, a B in it stands for busy. And the small circle inside, a P stands for productive. The challenge is most people try to make themselves feel better and feel productive. And the way they do that is just by being really busy and doing lots of things. 
The problem, though, is that doing lots of things, doing lots of the wrong things or not doing enough of the right things will never make you productive. It's just going to make you tired and you'll feel really busy. And that, I, I struggle with that too, man. I get, there's days where, um, I'll have, I'll just get so lethargic and just so tired. And I, I, it, like, I can't call anybody, you know, I can't, I don't even want to look at my computer. Cause like I, it just drains the life force out of me. Um, and I can't even think about work or anything work related for like an hour and a half or almost two hours. And then I get really, really mad at myself. Like, you know, um, and, and I can't, I, it's like sometimes like, I can't like light the fire inside of me, but I, I totally, I totally get what you're saying, but it's because there's no, there's no direction on my calendar. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to you sit here and, you know, manage a business, but really like, you know, there is no management, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, other than just kind of my gut <laughs> instincts and just the way I've kind of been doing it because, um, no one's really sat me down and taught me, okay. You know, this is how your day needs to be set up. Right. Um, you know, and uh, maybe I, I need that, but I, but I, I totally, you know, but um, I think making it simple and just those two little time blocks, making sure those are both there every day, I think is a really easy adjustment that I can do that I think, like you said, will make a huge difference. Because um, even just those two things will just be the kind of the start of structure. And I've time blocked before. And really all it's done is it's like, I've set up just this sick, like five day calendar, like, all right, I got Jim here, you know, I'm going to come in do service work at 12 o'clock. I'm going to make sure to have lunch with a lender in the afternoon will always be an appointment. And then I'll finish out the day with one last sales call, one last service. And I'll repeat it Monday through Friday and I'll put it out like 60 weeks, you know, and then I'll do it maybe like the first week. Oh, Something yeah. will pop up, get me off track, and I'll, then I'll start looking at it the next week. And I'm like, oh, man, this is already auto-populated here. I'm just going to start deleting stuff because this Bingo. isn't actually like... Because it's not happening. Yeah, it's yeah. not sustainable because I, I bit off more than I could chew from the very start. Like, yes. I just need to start a lot smaller. Yeah, um, most times people, when they're attempting to get to establish a new habit or a new rhythm, they overcommit, right? It's the whole saying, we, we overestimate what can be done in one year and underestimate what can be done in five. Yeah. Right. So same thing on a micro level with commitments. The key to this this effective time blocking, this effective allocation of time is not to try to block the entire day every day. It's to block, let's start with 50% of the day. And then it leaves 50% for fires and things and life to happen and all the stuff. But 50% of the day, I'm going to know that that if I just have this blocked and I just honor this this part of my or this much of my schedule, if I just get this done, I've still won the day. Even if everything blows up in the afternoon, I've still won that day because I got this this two or these two time block things completely met. I honored my commitment to myself and I'm off to the races. Um, yeah. it, it makes a big, big difference, but not overcommitting as that's what I see too. <laughs> when we talk about time blocking with clients, their calendar, Google calendar just looks like Google puked all over. And it's like, whoa, yeah. timeout. Like where's yeah, yeah, your yeah. space to breathe and go to the bathroom and take a walk? Like, hold on, hold on. Like just start with the most important things first and see how it, it works. Get used to the habit. Then you can incrementally add things into the time block if you choose over time, but, but start small and start specifically on the buckets that move the needle the most. Well, um, I forget where it is in the four hour work week, but that's part of, you know, um, what he talks about too, is how, when someone knows like they have a deadline 
they'll they'll internally calculate even though they'll have six days to complete it their brain will internally actually tell them you have six days but really you only need 30 minutes right so there's nothing wrong if you wait until the very last (laughs) 30 minutes to right before to do it you know right um and it's so that's so true and i remember reading that like when i was you know 20 or something um but but yeah you're you're totally right um but uh but yeah, it's it's just tricky because man, I wish there was just something I could just like turn on to get me in that state of mind, even though even though I didn't have a deadline. Like I sure. wish like I could, you know, that that, you know, and I don't know, you know, I set my own goals and everything and I'm 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 very tough on myself. Like I'm, you know, I I try to do what I say I'm gonna do. Um, but it's not like, you know, it's not like a plane's leaving. You know, it's not like uh, a real deadline that, you know, um I'm gonna hold myself to like that. So, um, it's tricky to just kind of turn that on, you know, because, you know, if I, if I'm rolling during the middle or the morning in the middle of the day and, you know, maybe I've had a couple of good appointments and maybe I've just got like one in the afternoon, you know, from one o'clock to four o'clock, I'm like, eh, well, I can just kind of case prep for this one appointment. Um, but if, if I was just in the zone, like the, you know, and I had stuff that was going on in between there, I could, I could do, you know, I'm, I'm sure I could figure out a better way to spend that, you know, three hours of time versus just, you know, scrolling through Facebook or, <laughs> you know, which I did delete on my phone. So <laughs> don't tell me to do that because I already did it. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, <laughs> and, what, and Instagram. <laughs> what you're going to find is when, when you commit to just blocking those core things, those core activities, when you commit to that, uh, it will it will get you if you consistently stick with that long enough. You'll find what it is you're looking for. You'll find that that trigger that gets you to feel that that urgency and that healthy pressure that turns you into that productivity ninja. Uh, again, key is start small, but stay consistent with it, and you'll start finding it. So, uh, so as we're kind of bringing all this together, man, like a thank you for being here. Uh, but oh, B, no I want to hear from you as we always kind of end the show this way. Uh, what was your number one or two takeaways that you're going to commit to implementing and executing on? Well, I'm putting, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to time block. Um, I'm going to call it servicing and I'm going to, I'm going to rephrase prospecting into opportunity hunting just because it sounds funner. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to put those for, I'm going to put an hour piece of those in my calendar and I'm going to do that every day. And yeah. And that, and I'm going to hold myself accountable to that. And right now I'm just kind of figuring out, do I want to do prospecting first or do I don't want to do servicing first? And I don't, cause there is something like, it's nice getting it all out of the way and done yep. in the morning. Um, but it also puts me in a bad mood. So <laughs> I feel like if I started with it, you know, um, or if I started with, if I start with the opportunity hunting, you know, then at least I can slowly get into a bad mood by the end of the day, you know, versus starting the day in a bad mood and then ending in a good mood, you know? So I don't the know. The beauty of the system is you're in complete control. Yeah. And I can alternate it and, and do all that too. So, but no, having an, having an appointment with myself, you know, that, that is, uh, I need to do that. Like I, I don't spend enough time doing that. And the big thing about that, that I'm just kind of realizing as you're saying it is, um, you know, cause I used to time block things like, you know, have lunch with somebody. So 
And then with that, would, what, what would happen is I, you know, I didn't have really any control over that because yep. if somebody can't have lunch with me, then they can't have lunch with me. Right. And so I just wouldn't eat, you know, and then that would create all sorts of other problems. Um, and I would just get, you know, I'd get bummed out about it. Sure. But, you know, looking back and thinking about that now, that was just kind of a doomed thing to do from the start because I don't have any control over that. You know, right. um, I could attempt to have someone eat with me every day. You know, that's something that I can actually probably be, you know, att- give it one or two, two, three attempts. But I can't actually time block that because I don't act. I'm not actually in control of that. Right. Um, but what I can be in control of is, you know, sitting down with myself. Um, and I, and I do this anyway, but it's just not time blocked. And I like when, you know, when you time block something and you feel like you did it to completion and that you can kind of just turn that switch off for the day and turn on another switch exactly. to focus. Um, you know, I need to, I need to do that definitely. So, so yeah, that's, that's what, that's what I'm going to do. I'm really going to, uh, I need to time block and I need to schedule things. Um, and I need to have an appointment with myself every day, if not to, um, you know, and it has to be work related, not just, you know, other, cause I go to the gym too, you know, sure. like I'm working on that, but, but focused on your morning. top priorities at work. I think Made that's me awesome. for work. So. <laughs> well, Ben, <laughs> I, I so appreciate you being with yeah. us today. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. Um, really quickly. What's your website in case people want to find you or follow you? Yeah, it's just benvolkinsurance.com. So it's B-E-N-V-O-L-K insurance.com. So it's benvolkinsurance.com. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. I don't know about you, but Ben's struggle, what he's challenged with is something that I hear all the time. It's something I personally have dealt with and continue to at times deal with. I think it's something that's incredibly relevant. How do we set ourselves up for success? How do we set our days and our weeks and our months up so that we know without any kind of doubt that we're moving in the direction we need to be moving that gets us closer to our goals? Now, like what we talked about with Ben, this idea of figuring out what are your one to three most important items that have to get done every single day, the activities that that if when you get these two or three things done every single day, you've won the day. Even if the rest of the day completely falls apart, you've won the day when you get these two or three activities done each and every day. Identifying those activities, getting them on your calendar, And understanding that you protect, fiercely protect those appointments with yourself because those things are that important. So I'm really hoping you found this episode valuable. I know I did. I took lots of notes. Thank you, as always, for being a part of our community and for listening. We'll be back here next week with another episode. If you want to apply, make sure to go to success.com forward slash success line guest. We'd love to have you as a guest on the show. If you're interested in receiving free coaching on a future episode, go to success.com slash success line guest. This has been a success podcast. Head over to success.com slash podcasts to hear more just like it.